Susan Blank, and this is Detailing Addiction. Today in studio, I have with me a good friend and colleague, Cheryl Nepper, who is the Vice President of Clinical Services at Karen Treatment Center in Wernersville, Pennsylvania. She also oversees some services here in Atlanta dealing with adolescents. Her areas of specialty include working with adolescents, with women, with sexual addiction and trauma, co-occurring disorders. And she has a whole bunch of letters after her name. Uh, she's a licensed clinical social worker. She is a certified uh, trauma specialist, certified sexual addiction specialist. Um, and she's also certified in co-occurring disorders. I think I got that. Oh, and multi, multiple addiction therapist. Did I get them all? You got them all. <laughs> so I'm Thank so you, happy Boyd. to have you here today. I'm thrilled to be here and, and to be here in Atlanta and to be part of your radio show and uh, impart information and wisdom. Well, we're looking forward to it because this is a really important topic, and that's adolescents and young adults and their specific needs in treatment. Now, so many people just assume that adolescents and young adults are just smaller people that wear smaller sizes and um, haven't finished school yet. And yet the differences in how the disease of addiction affects them, what their needs are in terms of treatment, and then what their needs are in terms of recovery are, are very different than your typical adult. So this is a really important topic, and I'm so glad you agreed to come talk to us about it. Sure thing. And you're absolutely right. Adolescents and young adults have their own unique issues that arise for them. And especially if there are mental health issues or addiction issues in combination, treating them can be quite complex. Because you're not only treating the adolescent, but you're treating the whole family constellation. And one of the important things is, and I think you noted it, is is that you can't put adolescents and young adults in a box and believe that the treatment you might apply for an adult patient is really going to work for that of a young patient. You really need to meet them right where they're at and understand the culture in which they live as a young person. You know, uh, in my experience across the country, there are very few places that actually treat adolescents who have the disease of addiction. And I think uh, Karen treatment centers up in Warnersville is just uh, the um, the gold standard in terms of the way in which um, the adolescents in particular are treated. And we'll talk about the um, young adult program too because it's also very unique. But the adolescent treatment program, not only is it rare, but it is um, extremely necessary and therapeutic. So could you tell us what a patient might look like that would be going to your adolescent treatment program and what their day might look like? Okay. So first and foremost, Karen is a treatment center that's been around for 60 years. We're coming up on our 60th anniversary this summer. and Which is you, one of the oldest in the United absolutely States. Absolutely, one mm-hmm. of the oldest. And we really take pride in the fact that we really look at our patients as individuals and what can we do to treat that individual. So a typical adolescent that would come to Karen would come with a substance use disorder and or may already have a coexisting mental health disorder. Like? Like 
depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, previous suicide attempts, working with a psychologist, psychiatrist, social worker, Mm -hmm. or even referred by a school professional where they've been assessed and they're at risk. So about 89% of the adolescents ages 13 to 18 that come to Karen are struggling with a co-occurring disorder, that of a substance use and a mental health disorder. What we also find is in today's age of the digital age, Adolescents not only are struggling with if there's an addiction or a mental health issue, but a gateway is also the Internet. So we find adolescents coming to us that may have a third issue, and that third issue could be uh, Internet addiction brewing or compulsivity to that, early viewing of pornography and how that changes their ability to have relationships Uh, And also a huge amount of our adolescents come with trauma, a history of trauma and unresolved trauma issues. Mm -hmm. And many of them, it's kind of a chicken and egg routine, which came first. Was it it the trauma that set off the addiction? Was it the addiction that set off the mental health issues, which led to trauma as a result of their using? That's our typical adolescent. Along with that is the family system. And so the family comes, and you might have within that family constellation someone who's in recovery Mm -hmm. from an addiction because we know that there's biological underpinnings. The environment plays a key piece to it. But we may also have someone who's not been identified yet. So oftentimes when a young person comes to us, we might find that there's someone else in the household who is also struggling with an addiction or a mental health issue that we may need to intervene and educate. And so that's our typical adolescent. They live a very structured day at Karen. They get up in the morning as if they were going to school. They have three hours of education every day. Yeah, this is really important. Um, and I'm, I'm stopping you just sure. for a second, Cheryl, because I think this is so important. Often when young people are sent away to wilderness, and and there are, are times in which that's very appropriate, or to other treatment programs, the child is taken out of school... And now this young person who already has a multitude of problems, as you just listed, now they're also going to be behind a semester, maybe even a year, in school because that was needed for treatment. But this, um, the school program that you have embedded in, um, in the treatment program at Karen, I think, is such an important piece because to send a child back caught up in school, grade appropriate, and doing well in their other areas really helps them be successful. To have a child, even if they're well treated for their addiction and their depression, anxiety, behavioral addictions, if they're going back and now they're with a different peer group at school, um, they're their friends are now a year ahead of them. It's it's really um, setting them up in many ways, I think, to not be as successful as they might be. So sorry that I no, that's interrupted, but I think that's just such um, an important thing. And for families that are looking for good adolescent treatment, that's one of the things to really consider. 
Yeah, I mean, our ad, our adolescent educational component has has licensed certified teachers. They will work with the homeschool of the adolescent. They will maintain online courses with them if that's the approach that the school deems most appropriate. Or they may work directly on the curriculum with the school with that young person so that they're not missing a beat academically. The other key thing is, is our counseling staff will interface with our educational staff because maybe there are times where we may have, you know, identified a barrier to their educational abilities mm-hmm. while they are with us. So we want to make sure and ensure that that adolescent has the best transition to us and from us back to school. So um, we take pride in that, and that educational piece is year-round. So it's not only just during the school year. In the summer, we also have some summer school pieces that we will tailor-make for the individual. So they may be able to catch up on areas that they've fallen behind or that they're struggling with. Absolutely. And the teachers that I've met up there, I'm quite impressed with their ability, not just as educators, but they understand all of the other issues that the young person is going through. And so they aren't thrown by this particular behavior or this particular family situation. They they know how to handle it and to be supportive, and that's yeah, so important. Very, very unique. Um, all of our teachers work for the, the Berks County Intermediate Unit, in which we sit in that county. Um, they have specializations in special ed, many of them, uh, working with this population. The other thing that we do is we train our staff. We not only train our clinical staff, but if you're going to work with us as a consultant or you're going to be part of our educational team, you're going to have an immersion in understanding the disease of addiction and, in particular, the population that you're going to work with with so they are in school They're at in least school. three hours a day yep and then what else might they be so we have a whole package of things that occur with an adolescent first and foremost our program is seven days a week they receive 12 hours of therapy a day we vary our therapy from starting out with getting up in the morning understanding what your goals are for the day Um, grounding them in their treatment work. They may start off with a mindfulness practice in the morning, uh, and then they have a series of groups that they'll go to. So we flip-flop. Our girls might be in school in the morning, and then the boys go in the afternoon because we are uh, a gender-specific program. Also important. Yep, very, very (laughs) important. There's a uniqueness in the genders as well when you treat adolescents and, and their struggles. They will both have groups that sound like this. They have a wellness group. In that wellness group, they'll go to our state-of-the-art recreational center where they will work with certified fitness instructors mm-hmm. and wellness instructors around living a healthy lifestyle and challenging them to maintain a balance each day of activities. They'll also be involved in DBT skills group, dialectical behavioral therapy skills. That's an evidence-based approach to treatment, Mm -hmm. has wonderful effects in working with adolescents and their families. They'll learn things like mindfulness. They'll learn things like how to um, take a look at how their behavior affected their feelings and do what's called a behavior chain analysis. Um, They also will complete daily diary cards 
experience, which will be today I'm going to do if my behavior looks like this or a craving comes up for me, this is how I'm going to work through that. We also teach them interpersonal skills as part of that program. We also teach them emotional regulation. How can you learn to self-soothe without substances or self-harm, which is oftentimes what we'll see as a replacement oftentimes with this population. They will have other groups that are 12-step in nature. We know that adolescents, for the most part, aren't going to fit into 100% of the 12-step model, but they will pull from it things like understanding and understanding that parts of their life have become unmanageable, and that's why they've landed with us. That at this moment in time, their addiction has affected not only them, it's affected others. That they may have, under the influence, made very poor choices mm-hmm. and offended or hurt others. And therefore, they may need to learn what it means to make an amends and to practice that skill set with us. We also do have on-campus 12-step recovery groups for young people. We also will take them off-campus to AA or NA groups. Uh, We really try to tailor-make that work with them. And then we also have, as part of treatment, each adolescent gets an iPad, and all of their treatment work is loaded on that. It's it's a Karen Signature program called Passport. So their treatment plans on that, their treatment work, uh, a lot of uh, tips for them. Uh, we also have creative arts therapies. We have some music therapy and art therapy that is blended in there. We also do equine therapy. So as I list this, you can hear that it's a really well-rounded approach. With adolescents, talking at them no. is <laughs> never going to work. But going in through the back door with some creative approaches an aha moment happens. And then the other grand piece of our program is that family piece, our five-day family education program. So important because having the family understand the disease of addiction, the co-occurring disorders, understanding how that's affected them and how the families themselves need to be in their own recovery is so important. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about more of the challenges for adolescents and young adults in addiction treatment. Thanks for listening. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, 
You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today I have with me Cheryl Nepper, who is the Vice President of Clinical Services at uh, the Karen Treatment Center, our Karen organization in Wernersville, Pennsylvania. If you'd like more information about their program, I would encourage you to check out their website at www.karen, which is spelled C-A-R-O-N. C-A-R-O-N dot org. From that website, you'll be able to uh, look at the research. And I know, Cheryl, you're in charge of the research programs, and there have been some very interesting studies that you've done, particularly around the Internet and kids. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a a wealth of information about all ages, because at the Karen Pennsylvania site, there's um, a multitude of um, ages that are also treated about um, resources, help, family help, education. Lots of things can be found on that website, including if you need information about admission or about their other locations throughout the United States, it would be really helpful for you to check that out. So that's www.karen.org. So right before the break, we were talking about the family program, and it's a five-day program, is that correct? That's correct. It's a five-day program. So the family members will come on a Saturday, and they'll stay through through Wednesday. And on a Saturday, they will be with other families whose loved ones are in our adolescent program. And it's not co-ed, so it's, it's you know, if you have a, a teenage girl or you have a teenage boy with us, parents of both of those programs are, are, are going through this process together. What they learn with us is, on day one, is an understanding of the disease of addiction. What does it really mean? Right. Because a lot of people just think it's a behavior and get over it. Or with adolescents, oftentimes you'll hear, it's a phase. They'll grow out of it. Mm -hmm. I grew out of it. Uh, What's the big deal? So they used a little. Um, and it's often, just pot. It's just pot. And there's a whole <laughs> thing we can talk about with just pot and the, you know, and, and the rise of how that will really be the next tsunami coming when it comes to adolescent addiction. And so the families work together. They have a combination of didactic educational information that our family counseling staff educators impart on them. We will also help them look at what role have they played in this process. One of the things that parents often come with is they come themselves with an awful lot of shame and guilt. And oftentimes they think, I created this, or I'm afraid to talk.
talk about that my child is here because, you know, I don't want the neighbors to know. And, you know, we all know in addiction there's a heck of a lot of secrecy around it. So our family program is really kind of breaking down some of those barriers and helping families understand that you're not alone in this process, that the person sitting next to you while their daughter may be 18 and your son may be 14 has journeyed a similar path. And how do they get armed with understanding the disease of addiction, what they have that they can manage for themselves, understanding that they can't cure this, they didn't cause it, and they clearly can't control it. Right. (laughs) Those three golden C's that that a lot of people are very familiar with. We'll also um, have an educational piece with our physicians. Our physicians will educate the families about the disease of addiction, the complicating factors of addiction on Mm -hmm. the brain. And when we talk about an adolescent, an adolescent's brain is extremely vulnerable. It's still developing, and it's not developed really until the age of 25. So a family member hearing that and understanding it's a brain disease that needs to be managed like a diabetic disease or a cardiac disease where you're taking care of it from top to bottom right is is eye-opening for most for most parents um, we also will engage them in some experiential activities much like I mentioned with the kids a little bit of art therapy or music therapy we will teach them mindfulness what we do know about caregivers or people who have loved ones who have addiction and their right. parents is that they struggle themselves they struggle themselves so it's not uncommon that we might have a parent come and self-identify while they're with us and say, you know what, I really need help. My own drinking is out of control. And so we'll assess them. Mm -hmm. We'll take a look at assessing them and looking at what level of care they need and give them recommendations for that. Um, We will also do experiential activities where they will look at themselves in relation to uh, their young person and using statements of when an adolescent gets disruptive in their behaviors and they feel like they've, they've lost the battle, so to speak, is how do you talk to your child? How do you start the conversation? Because many people have never known how to even start the conversation around I'm worried about you. Right. The other thing is 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 with a loved one is that if they don't self-care, they will self-destruct. And we see that over and over. So we try to give them a recovery plan because mm-hmm. when we talk about family members, we not only want them to be, you know, involved in the, the young person's treatment, but oftentimes they need their own support. So one of the things we developed, uh, it's probably about eight, nine years ago, were parent support groups. So one of the things we try to do is every parent leaves with a contact for a parent support group. We have 30 parent support groups in seven states. We have two here in Atlanta. Yes. Uh, very active and, and, and thriving. Our regional vice president, Nancy Zintak, is a main contact for that, and Karen Solutions um, is a main contact for that as well, because they need to continue their own journey, separate of the, of the young person. We will also stage with the family if an intervention has to happen on their young person, because it's not uncommon. A young person comes to us, and they say, I don't really want to be here after two, three days. Right. I don't fit in. I'm not, you know, I'm not as bad off as those other teenagers sitting in group, and they'll sort themselves out. 
And so our therapists are well trained on hopping on the phone or in person staging with the parents. How do we keep you in treatment? What do we need to do to make that happen? But the family piece is so key, whether you have an adolescent, a young adult, or a senior elder patient, that family plays a key role. It is so very important, and I can't emphasize enough how much the families get, not only from that family education week and support, but with the continued support with the, with the regional groups, really very helpful. One of the things that you mentioned briefly, and that was the assessment. Now, I know that there are certainly times when a family doesn't they know something's wrong they just don't know what it is and if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your multidisciplinary team and the way in which you do some of these assessments to help figure out what does my kid have and what do they need or what does my adult have or my my senior have Right. So if, if you're unsure whether, whether a loved one or yourself has an addiction, you can always come to us for a residential assessment. And that's usually mm-hmm. like a five-day assessment. And what will happen is a multidisciplinary team of professionals will meet with you, our physicians, our nursing staff, our psychology staff, our counseling staff, even our psychiatrist, if there's a mental health issue, will mm-hmm. meet with you. We may give you a few instruments to fill out mm-hmm. for us as well as we're doing um, verbal exchange with you and an assessment. And after those five days, we will also get collateral information from those individuals that might have might know you, okay, that you give us uh, consent to mm-hmm. reach out to family members, loved ones, friends, co-workers, etc. And at that five day, we sit down with you and we present to you our findings and we will make that level of recommendation. Oftentimes with young people, families don't want to believe that their child has an addiction. It's interesting with girls, they tend to go the mental health route. So you'll find in our population at every mm-hmm. given time more boys in treatment than girls. Um, and so the girls will find themselves in mental health treatment and by the time they get to us, they're much more compromised um, as, a, as a young person. But on any given day, say you come to us as a patient, regardless of age and gender, you will receive a full assessment with us. That includes a chem history, a chemical use history, what you've been using, how long you've been using it, mm-hmm. an addiction timeline. When was the first time that you picked or remember using a substance and for you to look at how that may have progressed for you? And what were some of the other complicating factors along that journey? Were there traumas? Were there changes? Were there marriages and divorces, breakups, uh, in college, fell out of college, whatever it may be that may have contributed to that? What's the family history? We do a thorough family history, asking the family questions, but also the patient. How much do you know about your family tree? Which is often surprisingly little. (laughs) And we actually do that very creatively. One of the things we'll do is we'll actually have them do a family tree, a a genealogical family tree. And what do you know about, you know, your aunts, uncles, and grandparents? Because inevitably someone has someone in their family tree that has struggled with a mental health issue Mm -hmm. or an addiction or an abuse issue. Um, So it's very, very common. We will also rate their cravings. 
doing a craving scale. Uh, we will also look at medications. Our physicians look at medications, what medications you might be coming in on, what medications you may need to be on, um, mm-hmm. or what medications you may need to come off of because it's, it can be very, very complex. Um, we will also work with the individual on assessing eating behavior. So oftentimes what we'll find with our younger and any generation's population coming in us is that their eating may be compromised. So if you are a heroin user and a young person, you automatically are going to lose a lot of weight, right? And you're going to look emaciated. And once you start to put on some pounds while in treatment, you're not going to like that. So oftentimes there's, you know, uh, body dysmorphic or disordered behavior around how you, how you see yourself. We will also um, look at the opposite. Oftentimes people gain a lot of weight. And how does that play in, in, mm-hmm. into their assessment? Uh, we will also then look at if you have uh, come to us and you're a student, what have your academic standings look like? Have you Were you once a, a really good student and, and now you've fallen off and what's happened with that? I mean, the assessment is really a biopsychosocial spiritual assessment. We also have nutritional and spiritual counselors. So a very complete assessment. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the challenges in the treatment of addiction in young adults and adolescents. Please stay tuned. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today I have with me Cheryl Nepper, who is the Vice President of Clinical Services for the um, Karen Treatment Center in Warnersville, Pennsylvania. I understand you also oversee the research, which is a really important and a big piece of, of the work that's done um, at Karen, and that you're also in charge of Karen Solutions, which is a program specifically here in Atlanta that we'll learn a little bit more about. Sure. Uh, again, if you're interested in finding out more information, please check out the Karen website. It's full of excellent resources and really helpful information for uh, families, for individuals uh, in recovery, individuals who might need to be in recovery, and people who are concerned about their loved ones and friends. That's www.caron.org. Karen.org. So, we've been talking a lot about the adolescent program, and indeed that's very unique to um, uh, to Karen and uh, very hard to find around the country. I'd like to move a little bit now into talking about young adults. You can't hardly say adolescence without young adults because many of the characteristics still continue as we see some of the issues with young adults today, and particularly those with addiction. So what can you share with us about your young adult population and what they're struggling with? So again, our young adult population uh, is treated gender gender separate. Uh, the uniqueness to a young adult is really that failure to launch we see with many of them is that inability to navigate through their adolescence, mm-hmm. especially if they had substance use disorder or co-occurring disorder. And the residual effects of that if they haven't found sustained recovery mm-hmm. three years or more. And as a result of that, oftentimes young people will come to us who are really stuck. They don't know how to move out of their parents' house. They mm-hmm. have no ambition or wanting to get a job and be accountable. Um, and the parents oftentimes that we see are in such conflict because on one hand, they want to move their young person on and have them grow and naturally individuate from them, Mm -hmm. but they're stuck. They're stuck. So sometimes they'll take care of them. And in that, that's that's really a detriment to to their growth. Our young adults come in, generally, it's an 18-year-old that has graduated from high school. Right. And we will assess whether their maturity level fits the young adult program, depending on the age range we have there, or if they're better still with the adolescent population. But our young adult program traditionally is 19 to 25-year-olds. Now, in that age range, you might have some that are going to college, Mm-hmm. and had had privilege in their background and at very, very good schools. And they thought they could just skate and party. And guess what? They get caught. The grades drop. They're not attending their classes. And mm-hmm. mom and dad get a call. And oftentimes they will show up at our door. And we'll need a full assessment. Some of our young adults might have progressed in life. Some of them may have gotten married in their early 20s, mm-hmm. have had a job, 
the stressors of a marriage, maybe a new baby and a job, complicates that picture of that young adult and how they navigate through stress. And is stress a contributor to addiction or is addiction a, a contributor to, li- to life stressors? The other piece that's unique to them is they oftentimes feel as though they don't need any help from anybody. You know, adolescents, for the most part, they're under their mom and dad's roof. Right. A young person might say, well, you know, the heck with you, mom and dad, I'm going to move out. And then they make even further poor choices. And that's the, you know, the dangerous dynamic that the par- parent gets in. I don't want to let go, but I want to hold on. And that and that, and that dance between them. Uh, young adults have a great opportunity to turn their lives around, much like the adolescent. And if you get recovery as a young person, it it really is golden. Mm-hmm. It really is golden because you can live a long life if, if you work a re- recovery plan. But they're unique too. For example, in our young adult program, those kids that are at college who are still in college, we have a collegiate recovery program. Tell me about um, that. So we just started that on our PA campus, but on our Florida campus at Renaissance, we uh, have been affiliated with some of the universities there with sober dorms and, and recovery recovery programming. On our PA campus, what we will do is we work with a local university to do online courses is one of the areas we're exploring. And we also do, as I said, with the adolescents, we will work with the college, mm-hmm. uh, with the young person, and to look at is there a sober sober dormitory because as we know, a lot, a lot of uh, universities across the country have put in some recovery services and to have them transition safely back to that. Uh, we're also looking that oftentimes they may be in treatment with us a lot longer. So you might right. see a young person in treatment with us for 120 days or months longer. Uh, and so we want them to stay moving forward and, and thriving. So Jonathan Salzberg uh, heads up our collegiate recovery care ser- recovery services. Um, and we're just developing that new piece in our young adult programs in PA. But It's so important because many of these folks, unfortunately, as they have moved forward uh, with their disease of addiction and the impact that it's had, and as you described, they stop going to class, they stop doing the work, stop taking the exams, and now not only do they have Addiction and maybe legal issues and uh, relationship issues, but they may not be eligible in many circumstances to be able to go back to that college again. They may have burned some bridges either because of grades or because now they have some legal issues. And so without some help and advocacy, it's very hard to negotiate that and help them to really achieve their full potential or the things they'd like to do in their life. Absolutely. So educational advocates working with the school on behalf of the young person, transitional services back to the school, or transitional services if you're not going to go back to school. Right. You know, it's it's it may be a huge disappointment for the young person here. They cannot go back or they're not accepted back yet, which means that they may need a longer stay where they're actually uh, doing what we call uh, day-to-night living, where, for example, in our program in Renaissance, which is located in, in Boca Raton, Florida, they will do all of their day treatment. They live in a residence. 
Um, we get them into young people's recovery groups. Mm-hmm. And through that work and that daily diligence of working a recovery program, they can transition back to school. And we will work with them and work with, with, with the parents. Because it's really about getting them back to school, getting them back to life. Um, but getting them into a recovery aftercare plan that's going to work. Because we really want to ensure at each step of the way that the transition is as smooth as it possibly can. Uh, You had mentioned legal consequences. Usually you see a lot of legal consequences stack up in the young adult. Yes. So we will find ourselves having a lot of young people come where they've had already a first or a second DUI. Um, And they have to take a look at that. And all but for the grace of God, hopefully they didn't hurt somebody in that process and yes. themselves. But we've had the other where serious, serious situations have occurred. And, and the young person really needs to start to look at, the, you know, the destructiveness of, of, of their disease of addiction. Um, working with parents at this point also is key. We have a really strong, and that's a separate family program that occurs there for young adults. Um, because these parents come loaded for bear and they're angry. Many of them may have spent a lot of money thus far on treatment, and why can't yep. they get it? Or I spent you know, a lot of money to get them to school, and, and they blew it. So dealing with them and their feelings, and again bringing back that this is the progress, progression of the disease. Uh, we are really, I think, have great uh, young adult services. Again, what we see with a lot of the young adults also are other budding potential compulsive behaviors or addictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see quite a bit of our, our young people coming with um, viewing pornography, mm-hmm. getting caught with pornography, uh, really struggling in that area. Uh, oftentimes we'll have uh, over-exercise in this population uh-huh. and, and food issues in this population. Gambling, uh, a lot see? of gaming and gambling mm-hmm. we find in this population. So we assess all of that as part of our package of treatment. And we really call those those components of treatment addiction interaction. Because when you look at look at the brain uh, chemistry and the neuropathic ways, if you already have an addiction, you're probably four times more likely to be susceptible for another behavior that potentially can replace and become addictive. Oftentimes we'll see with folks when they leave us, if they don't have a really good transition plan, they will replace with food, they'll replace with sex, inappropriate behaviors as a result of that, put themselves in a vicious cycle, eating, you name it, gaming, internet, um, and it takes hold of their life and they replace it. And then they're a short step away from picking up their substance and then it becomes a fused situation where they can't live without both. Um, and those are pretty significant cases that, that, that we will see. So assessing that is really key and important. And you, you mentioned with the family, helping the families um, accept that their young adult needs to separate. <laughs> uh, it, it is so hard because many of these families have seen the severe consequences of the bad choices that their young adult has made, and they feel very protective. I don't want anything more <laughs> to happen. Yeah. I, 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 I'm so scared if they go out and use because people die. Yeah. On the other hand, they've got to let that young person become an adult that's the goal and it's a tricky tricky 
ground and and you've got families very conflicted and often within the family you've got some people wanting one thing and some people seeing it in another way so you're constantly navigating the middle and walking in in dialectical behavioral therapy one of the skills specific to parents and with their loved one is called walking the middle path how do we find the middle how do we find the balance and, and sustain that you know the other unique thing to our young population what we're seeing from a substance perspective is we're seeing a lot of opiate use not only prescription medications but also the heroin epidemic Um, it has riddled that population in in particular and um, we see young people come to us very very sick very very desperate and and a lot of education to the families around around even their own management if they are a pain patient how they're managing their own opiates in the household um, can never stress enough that part of the education to them is you just can't have that freely sitting around when you have a young person who's addicted to that. That proper storage and disposal is critical, and we talk about that often on this show. Thank you for bringing that up. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that very important transition back to home. So please stay tuned. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is America's Web Radio. Cheryl Nepper has been so kind to be in studio and be our special guest today, the Vice President of Clinical Services for Care and Treatment Centers. She oversees the programs, um, both clinical and administrative, of the adolescent services, young adult services, both of which we've talked a lot about, women's services, we're going to have to have you back for that, uh, quality, um, as well as outpatient counseling research and the program here in Atlanta. So you have a lot of responsibilities and um, a a wealth of knowledge, and we appreciate your being here. If you are interested in learning more about the programs or if you have questions or need more education, please check out their excellent website at www.karencaron.org. Lots of information. And Cheryl, in, in the break, you were making the point that if people have a question or they don't know what to do, call. Uh, if Karen is not the right place, you all do an excellent job of helping them evaluate their resources, their situation, willingness, other complicating factors, and uh, and help them find the right place, which is a, a great service and really very helpful. Your not-for-profit status, I think, makes a huge difference, and I'm mm-hmm. just going to give a shout-out for mm-hmm. that because I do think... My experience in working with Karen is that what you do is focus on what's the right thing for the person, not the right thing for the bottom line. Absolutely. (laughs) And it does make a huge difference. So you don't have to be afraid of calling Karen. They will give you some help. Absolutely. We will help. And and certainly uh, the assessment, calling in simply, uh, either calling in or we have an online form, you can can email to us as well. If you go on the website, you'll be able to go right to that with a question to us and someone will respond to you. Uh, Really, really important just to use this as a resource. It's It's a place to start. And if we're not the right fit, the beauty of Karen and the staff that we have working is we vet other treatment programs mm-hmm. that are like-minded with us or that may provide something that's different than us. We want you to get to the right place. Because to us, first and foremost, you know, with a 60-year history, we want people to enter recovery mm-hmm. and sustain that long-term and be able to live a life of recovery. That's really our tagline. And if you're not ready for it, we're not going to, you know, we're not, we're really just not going to beat you down to, to get there if you're not ready. We want to have you get to where you need to go when you're ready for that. And one of the important things, and you've mentioned it several times um, today, is that transition back to home. It would be lovely if there was a Karen in every neighborhood and every uh, city in the country, but that's not the case. It would be lovely if one episode of care, you come there for however many days and now you're cured. That's not the case. So... This is the beginning of the journey, and an important piece is going home. And I understand that there are some specialty programs that you have developed for Karen that help with that transition home and make sure people have what they need when they get home. Otherwise, you know, their success rate is not very good if they don't have a good aftercare plan. 
So you bring up a, a key point, and and that is the aftercare plan. We call it actually a recovery action plan. I like that because we truly believe it's you got all this head knowledge now, and it's easy. I hate to say it, most most people when you talk to them who are in recovery will say, "Oh, going into treatment." Although I hated it initially, that <laughs> right. was the easy part. The hard part is when I transition and and I'm out there and I might have this knowledge, but I don't know how to make the connections. Uh, four years ago, we developed a program with the assistance of Robert DuPont, who was the first uh, division head of the National Institute of Drug and Alcohol. And he and several others developed the, health, the Physicians Health Care Program's monitoring status, where physicians are monitored, pilots are monitored, uh, they give random urine drug screens, and they are monitored by someone who checks in with them. And the success rates that they found were astronomical, yes. 80, 90% recovery. Mm-hmm. And the reason at five years, at five years. So we said, what would happen if we designed a program like this for someone who doesn't necessarily have a license hanging over their head, you know, as a lawyer or a doctor or a pilot? And if we have those patients and they want to participate, that's great. And we'll work with their PHP or get them back to where they need to go. But what would that look like for our general population? It's amazing. We've had three, 400 people go through that program. It's a program called My First Year of Recovery. Name that because that first year is critical. Yes. And we run research parallel to that. So our patients are hooked up for random urine drug screens. They get a GPS location of the the uh, uh, closest uh, urine drug screen drop that they can go to. Uh, we randomize that schedule so we have biological underpinnings uh, to make sure that it's not just patient report. Yeah, we trust the, but verify. <laughs> yes, that we trust and we verify <laughs> because patient report is great and it still it still gives us some outcomes. But when you add a biological component, it really adds more credibility to the process. We have a team of specialists, all of them are clinicians, who will reach out to the patient, and they have one for the clinician, one for the family member, and they will work with the family member on their recovery plan, and they will work on with the patient to make sure they get to their next level of care, that they're working their recovery plan, that any hurdles or barriers that they encounter or talked about. We can also, along that journey, assess if there's relapse behaviors occurring. What we do do know about the disease of addiction is that relapse can be a potential part of it mm-hmm. and families fear the heck out of relapse so part of our education is educating them that that's just part of this the cl- the the clear trick to uh, when someone has a relapse is to quickly assess it right and re-engage and get them back on track and how quickly we can do that with the system around the person who's supporting them to be sober is key So what we found, we have currently at um, 12 months, we have a 57 to 60% continuous sobriety rate. The national average is less than 30%. Continuous sobriety means they have not had any identifiable relapse where they went back to using a substance. At 12 months, all participants who have had even a relapse, have re-engaged at like 80%. Wow. And are sober at 80% at 12 months. 
the beautiful thing was is we started this program as 12 months and then Dr. DuPont says Cheryl you got to push it to five years <laughs> yeah. so we we've had a five years. yeah we've had a couple patients who have been in it for two years we actually at the beauty of a program like this is we had an entire family self-identify we started with the young person who was in treatment and before you knew it throughout that year mom got into one of our programs dad got into one of our programs sister ended up in one of our programs and I am here to tell you today after two almost two and a half years that entire family is sober and working a program wonderful and so staying connected is the goal connecting them to 12 step report support connecting them to an outpatient level of care um, continuing with the right person to match the patient so for example if dialectical behavioral therapy or medication management or 12 step whatever they gravitated to and worked for them or even if the person has an identifiable sex addiction getting them to the next person who's going to continue that yes. treatment journey is so so important because if you don't hand off to the right person mm-hmm. you can be putting that patient backwards um, especially if at that point they're just you know they're they're taking direction and they may not necessarily be able to advocate for themselves at that point we also have um, you know at 12 months 95% of our patients are using 12 step recovery programs you know free and many people find recovery in those rooms and and, you know we certainly support that um, and always recommend that and uh, we also have our family members dipping their toes into our parent support groups and attending that they don't necessarily have to have an adolescent. Actually, what we're finding right now in our parent support groups is that is that younger adult bridging on forty year old uh, in the in that group. Um, and we also want them to stay connected to our alumni services, which is really re- unique to Karen. Yes. Uh, you know, next month we have our sixtieth reunion where alumni come back. It almost feels like a college campus reunion. People celebrate recovery, their milestones. They connect with one another, and it's just remarkable, um, and the beauty of uh, beauty of that. So the staying connected is is the message, and also being able to, you know, have that family member, that mom or that dad or loved one, be able to say at the end of twelve months, "This is what I did for me." This is what I did for me. This is not what I did for them. This is what I did for me. Because as a family member, that is so key and so important. Uh, we've had people who've who've had um, very difficult transitions, and the beauty of this program is is we caught them quickly in that process. Uh, one of the things we learned when we started to collect data on this is that that critical period of the first three months was huge, mm-hmm. and if you didn't engage them, then you were going to lose them. And it is so important to have this program not as a police state not as a aha we caught you being bad it's we're helping you manage your disease and obviously if it's not working then we need to adjust the treatment plan and have that kind of supportive attitude for folks so this has been so helpful i thank you so much for your wisdom and your knowledge and for your willingness to spend time um, please check out the Karen website. Is there a phone number that people could call? Uh, we have a 1-800 number. If you go on our website, you will see that 1-800 number. Uh, and I think it's 1-800-678-2332. That's 1-800-678-2332. 
And um, I also would say when you go on that website, please look out our look at our regional offices. They are across the country in several uh, key cities. And also check out Karen Solutions on the website, which is located here in the Alpharetta, Roswell area. And uh, we provide treatment to adolescents and their families with an intensive outpatient program. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week on Detailing Addiction. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.